You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on the Gov, we talk about all things relating to golf performance so you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Welcome. We got a great interview here with Dave Bateman. All right, of Black Sail uh, Golf. And so just a little snippet, Dave is a, a golf instructor, all right? He's working his way to, to become a PGA pro, and that's in the, in the, in the works um, as, that, as we speak. So, and he is great at keeping things efficient, and especially with practice, and we know that as golf, we're, we're always just banging balls. And so how can we make that a little bit easier? How can we make take a little stress off of our bodies? As a physical therapist, I teach everybody that 80% of injuries is just from overuse. So what can we do to minimize some of that overuse, right? And being more efficient with, with our practice sessions, I think is going to be huge. So welcoming Dave here to um, – so thank you for joining us, Dave. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. This is I always enjoy uh, talking with uh, with folks related to to fitness and health because I mean we, we only get one body and we have every day that we show up to the golf course we have to take with us what we bring that day and so um, it is a gentleman like yourself who keep our golfers in the game which keep people like me in business, which is uh, a fantastic relationship to forge. Yep, definitely. I, I completely uh, agree. I always tell people that, you know, think of your body as your 15th club, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's what you use on every single swing. So you got to make sure that it's, it's on point. Otherwise your game's not on point and you're not optimizing your, your performance. Right. I agree. So again, thank you for joining us and, so why don't you tell us just a little bit what what got you into golf? Like how did you get into into golf? I'm going to blame my sister on this one. So my sister got married in 2002 in the north middle of nowhere Georgia. And it was at this it was at this resort. Uh and I had just recently gotten off of active duty from the Marines and I was going to school, had a couple of jobs, didn't really know where I was going with my life uh, and trying to figure it out day by day. I was living in California. I flew over for her wedding and the morning of the wedding, all the ladies went to the spa. They went to the, the salon and all the all the men went out for a round of golf. And I had no clue what I was doing. I had never played golf before, uh, but I knew my uncle played golf who was there as well. So I just kind of I just kind of shouldered up next to him. I was like, listen, just like, just like Happy Gilmer said, listen, just make sure I don't do anything stupid, okay? 
and uh, and I ended up I, I hit some good shots that day. He kind of guided me. He was he was a great mentor. He really really just made it an enjoyable time. And by the time I finished 18, man, that was it. I went straight back to California after the wedding. I bought a couple of golf clubs at um, the um, oh crumbs. What do you call it? It's the second. It's the second hand second swing sports store. Um, but I got a couple of clubs there for second hand and, and I just went to the driving range and I did what most of us do. I just stood there and just mindlessly beat golf balls because I enjoyed it so much. And, and I started missing, uh, I started missing some class cause I would rather have gone to the golf course. And I started missing a little bit of work and calling in from time to time. Um, and that's when I realized like, okay, I'm either going to turn, um, I'm either going to quit golf or I'm going to have to turn the problem into the solution. And so I, I actually ended up quitting that job and, and, and finding employment at a, at a nearby golf course, which obviously I was able to work around the game, but I was also able to play there for free as a perk of, of being employed there. So, I mean, that just really kicked things off. And as you start to meet people, I met people very quickly there and I learned about the golf Academy. I learned about having a career in golf and, I mean, as I look back on the date that my sister got married from then, it was within 120 days that I had decided that I was going to go to the golf academy and make a career out of this. You got hit by the golf bug. Oh, wow. man. Hard, like like Jaws. <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's cool. Um, so been around the game for working on two decades now, and you've worked your way to, to, to teaching people now. So that's pretty cool. That is that is awesome. I would have loved to have uh, worked at a golf course. I should have worked as a golf course when I was a kid, but my dad always had so many projects working on the house growing up. We lived in an old, old house. So okay. I never had time for anything else, but great learning, great learning lessons at, at that point too. But yeah. all right, well, let's get into a little bit more about, you know, what is, what is your like swing philosophy or, or your kind of like, I guess, style of teaching, however you want to describe that. Uh, um, it's evolved. It's evolved over a long time of different experiences. And a lot of those experiences aren't even related to golf. Um, it, it, when I first started playing, I was, I'm, I'm a very tall, lanky person. Okay. When I first started playing golf, I, I was, I stood at six foot five. I was about 205 pounds and I could hit it a really, really long way just using my arms and my upper body. I didn't even understand, you know, like hip turn and, and how to turn things. Um, I didn't understand how to build power from the smaller muscle groups. I used big muscle groups to, to make the ball go. And so um, my early swing philosophy was just like, well, I, I know I can hit it far. So I'm just going to aim down in a place where I can miss it left or right. And then we'll just see how far it goes and we'll figure it out when we get there. So it was a very kind of haphazard, you know, one shot at a time type of a type of a philosophy is very loose, you know, played it, played it fast and loose, I guess they would say. Um, but when shortly after I graduated from the golf Academy, of course, the, you know, the, the conflict in the middle East was raging at this point, this was 2004. And, um, and I actually ended up reenlisting in, in the Marines, uh, to finish out my career. I wanted to finish my military career before I continued in golf. And so, uh, little did I know that would lead me to so many different things and, 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 and relationships and experiences. So over the next, um, over the past 15 years, I've gone through, you know, multiple, you know, I've, I've deployed 12 times, you know, I've, I've spent the past 14 of those 15 years in the special operations community. And 
you learn a lot about efficiency and not just from a physiological standpoint, but it's all about your workload efficiency and it's about your tasking efficiency. How do you prioritize your work? And everything is based on routine efficiency and maximizing the amount of time that you have. And so that really kind of started to twist my mind into like, dude, I can totally play golf like this. Like this makes sense to me now. I saw, started seeing the golf course completely differently. You know, I, I would plan like, I would plan routes. I would do like a land navigation exercise on the golf course. Like I was applying like these tactics and techniques and procedures from the, from like military and special operations into how I looked at the golf course and it completely changed everything for me. And I started just really building routines that helped me be more efficient. And of course, over those years, there were some very, very physically difficult years and I tore my body apart. I mean, literally um, just, so much mileage, you know, and, um, and that's when I, that's when I realized how important it was that I really continued down the road of building efficient practices, efficient routines, and find a way to make market improvements with minimal time invested, uh, which is basically maximum effort for less time is better than half-ass effort for, I don't know, some some dudes go out there and they hit like 300 balls in a day and that's just it's not a reality for me anymore so yes no definitely i mean the the amount of uh quantity that people people put into the game you know you hear i think it comes from hearing you know some of the pga pros and those guys said they're gonna say they have they hit what a thousand balls a day, right? Especially some of the younger guys. Yeah. But then, and then you hear, I just seeing something on Tiger Woods just the other day, and he's talking about where he hits, you know, thirty to fifty shots um, in his simulator, and if he wants to get more of a feel, he go out, he goes out to the range. But, but yeah, I mean, it shows you that that change, and and okay, do you just need to be banging balls, or or how can we how can we be more efficient? And I think you'll see that as you know careers go and, and whatnot it's all about okay how can i do this wiser right and smarter rather than than harder um 100 it's really cool that you were able to tie in some of that the military stuff into you know course management and whatnot and and your practice sessions also thank you for your service i understand you're still you're still in the service right uh, it's my pleasure yep i've got another year left and i am finito <laughs> all right i'm Very actually good. celebrating this evening because i dropped my request for my retirement date today. So I'm very excited. I had a wonderful day today. Very productive. All right. Very good. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> moving on here. Let's see here. So what, what are the big issues that you see with amateur golfers, you know, that they make during their practice sessions? So um, when, when you and I decided what we were going to talk about tonight, I actually went and did some observation. I went to a couple of different facilities here local to me and I, I just kind of posted up on the range and I watched people and what I saw more often than not was um, if I had to mesh all of the experiences I saw together, it would look something like grab bucket of balls, walk over to the range, grab bag off of cart, take bag to range, dump bucket of balls out, place my two feet in one spot, never move them, and hit every single ball to the same target over and over again until I hit one or two good ones. And then I feel that I'm ready to play now. 
and they would leave the range and they would go to the first tee. Um, I probably should have got, followed up with them and, and saw how their performance was on the first tee. Uh, that would have been an even cooler correlation, but uh, by and large, that's what I saw is, is um, golfers will take a bucket of balls, whether it's 30 or a hundred and they will hit them. Um, some of them will hit them to random places and some of them will hit them all to the same place um, and maybe use a couple of different clubs, but they will just kind of have this one fixated target. Um, and so what I, what I noticed was just, it was a severe lack of routine. There was very little rehearsal involved. It was all focused on actually doing the act of hitting the golf ball down the range. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that, that's something, that's something that, that's going to, not translate to the golf course. And so the biggest question you always hear is, is why can't I take my range swing to the golf course? And the reason is threefold. Um, first and foremost is because typically a range practice session looks like just beating balls down there randomly without a whole lot of thought or not enough thought to the right things. Um, and that's not going to trend like that, that, that's psychologically, physiologically, like there's no way that you can translate that action onto the golf course because if you're going through that bucket, knowing that you have another opportunity to try that shot, that's that's where the difference happens. So that's the number two thing is you're not thinking the same way um, on the golf course as you are on the range unless you force yourself to. So, you know, making the mistake of just banging the balls out there, you know, 75 to 100 golf balls and say I practiced today I, I would I would wager with you that's an inaccurate statement um, when you put yourself in a competitive mindset and you put yourself in a position to have some sort of a consequence as a result of a poor shot now you start to train your mind and your body to feel more constantly that little bit of pressure because that pressure is always on on the golf course because you know you only have that one opportunity to make the shot. Otherwise, you're going to have some sort of penalty if you, if you don't, right? And so that's, that's one recommendation I certainly make to people is, you know, when, when, when the mistakes come up of just randomly slinging golf balls down the range, I would invite you to step back and, and just say, am I doing the smartest thing for my golf game right now? Or am I going through the motions right now to be able to say that I practice today? Uh, and the and the third part is now you now now we start talking about mileage and wear is you know you're you're banging a hundred golf balls a hundred and fifty maybe even two hundred golf balls into the practice range. What are you getting for that effort invested, right? So there's a time investment and there's an effort investment. If you're taking a hundred plus full swings and actually hitting a golf ball, which let's be honest, is a completely different physical motion than when you just take a practice swing, right? Um, that That is wear and tear, and it's very fast. Like, it wears you down very quickly. Um, and so my, you know, the, the mistake I see is just golfers believing that that's okay and and just not understanding what, the repercussions of that is what's the consequence of doing that to your body. Uh, and it's, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I explained to all my golfers, you know, coming back from an injury, whatever it may be. And they go, okay, we were talking performance on the course. 
how many swings are you going to take on the course? Mm-hmm. Again, we're not counting those practice swings, right? Because it's yeah. kind of a fully different movement and whatnot. Um, but, you know, let's say average golfer shoots 90, okay? Right? Then we can break that down. About 30 of those are going to be putts. If you're not a very good putter, it's probably going to be about 40. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so there you go. You're already, you're already almost half of your swings are already gone or half of your strokes are already gone. And so then we, then we get into, okay, well, then how many are you hitting driver? How many times are you hitting a full, a full swing on an iron? Yeah. And, and then we get to the point of, okay, we have 35, 40 swings here where most of those aren't even going to be a full swing. You know, and so yeah. like you're like you're saying, so why can't we get away with practicing 35? And this is exactly why I kind of wanted you on and you're kind of leading us into this. So what what can can we do? Because the whole purpose of this group is trying to be more efficient with our time, you know, for fitness training uh, mm-hmm. to get to bit, improve our performance. So this you tie in perfectly here where okay, how can we spend less time hitting balls, but still get that improvement that we're looking for? On the course. Yeah. Uh, so the the biggest thing that I found, and and I'm saying this not, and I've done a, a lot of research on this, but but the reason that I believe in it so wholeheartedly is because this is how I've continued to be able to play golf in in my condition at at, at my age. And I don't say that to say that I'm old, but I'm. I am 41. I'm not 21 anymore. And I can't work on every part of my game every day. I have to pick and choose. So, um, but the, the research suggests that, you know, when you figure out how to use your mind and body together uh, and you realize that you can learn things kinesthetically from thinking yourself through it, from taking your body in slow motions through the action you can improve your golf swing without ever hitting a golf ball. Like there are ways to do that if you have the patience to do that, or if you have the willingness to, to learn some new, some new things, you can absolutely do that. And so my recommendations for being more efficient with your practice time is, I mean, all of us have adult lives. We have so many other things that require our attention. If you only get 60 minutes at the driving range, let's get, let's get, uh, you know, let's let's go christmas mode right let's say we have 90 minutes to work with right that's a big day on the range um if i have 90 minutes to work with on the driving range um i could probably get away with hitting 40 to 45 golf balls in that 90 minutes the what i'm doing with the rest of my time is i'm i'm rehearsing the parts of my golf swing that i need to improve i I definitely have a chosen objective for that for that short amount of time I'm going to be able to spend, right? Because you want to have an objective for every practice session. They don't always have to be the same. Maybe one day you're going to work on hitting a draw with a six iron, and the next day you need to work on straightening out your three wood. Like, have an objective. Um, it's okay to be a little scientific about it. You know, golf golf is science. It's physics. It's so many of those those other things, and it's mixed in with some art, right? So we've, we've got to be, um, got to be responsible enough to ourselves and accountable to ourselves for being able to say, listen, if I truly want to improve my golf game while also improving my physical health and also improving my efficiency, then 
it's okay to take on some new tricks. And one of these new tricks is rehearsal practice swings. Okay, go to any golf course, go to any driving range and watch a golfer practice. He will take two to three, he or she will take two to three practice swings. They will be beautiful more often than not. Then they'll hit the ball and it will be 1,000 times different swing. It's not the same swing because they're not rehearsing what they want to do in the swing. They're taking, they're going through emotion. It's like, it's become this subconscious routine, right? You take a couple practice swings and then you go hit the ball. The point of the practice swing is just that, right? I need to rehearse right now and sync my mind up to my body and, and rehearse what it is that I intend to do with this golf ball. At that point, you will then go up to the golf ball and you will execute the exact same movement that you just did. Um, and that's, that's one disconnect uh, that I see probably more often than, than any other is, is that inefficiency right there is not using your practice swing to rehearse what you actually intend to do with the ball. Um, but you can, um, visualization is a big thing. Take the time to visualize the shot that you want to hit. You don't always have to hit all 50 or 80 balls with the same club or trying to hit the same shot. As a matter of fact, variety is the spice of life. It's, it's, an, it's, it's the nature of the game of golf, right? Every shot's going to be different once you hit the course. So during your practice, I would definitely recommend don't hit the same shot over and over again. Put some variety in there. Think about some situations you may find yourself in and try to get out of them. Yeah, as, sorry to cut you off there. As, as a physical therapist, we we talk about you know motor learning a lot and, and teaching people skills, particularly for people that have lost the ability to do certain things. Right, we have to reteach yeah. them how to do certain functions, um, certain activities of daily living. And what what has you know was hammered into me uh, is the block practice is great at learning a new skill early on, and that's so that's saying hitting that same club over and over again is good for learning the skill early on, but to really master something and to get better at it, that random practice is really better. Uh So in this instance, talking to golf, you know, okay, you're teaching, you're teaching a junior how to, how to play golf. All right. Hitting the driver 15, 20 times in a row, that's, that's going to be ideal, you know, maybe for them to kind of just get a feel of what the driver feels like and then switching to a different club so that they get that feel, but then really to get them, improvement you have that random practice of switching clubs and whatnot so definitely sorry to up, but that's exactly what, oh, no, what you're I heard when you're saying that <laughs> and 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 you got to keep the kids focused too and all they want to do is bang drivers so sometimes you just got to let them have at it you know? <laughs> sure. um but the other the other piece and this is what i talked about with joe two weeks ago was um was routine our 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 interview our discussion was about routine and here's here's why routine it like one thing always leads to the next. Okay. And so um, I want, I wanted to get onto routine with Joe to sort of build the, the purpose behind everything that I do. Everything has a purpose. Uh, so I develop routines and the reason I develop routines is not only do they keep me grounded mentally through the entire process, but they, the byproduct of having routines is efficiency. Um, when I have a, a pre-shot routine, I should be doing that pre-shot routine on the practice range, on the putting green, um, whatever routine I'm going to go through on the golf course, that's the routine that I need to be going through on the practice tee. Um, you just have to build the consistency. Consistency leads to efficiency. Efficiency leads to success. 
with less effort. Like that's the whole point. And, um, and, and, and figuring out a way to make efficient practice routines. And these can be done. You can write these on your own at home. It just take a little bit of time um, when you have a few minutes to yourself and you can kind of collect your thoughts. Think about what have you been doing and what can you do to make it better for you? Um, because you don't want to waste that effort. If you only get 60 minutes, let's call it 30 minutes. Let's say I only have 30 minutes to go out to the driving range and hit a small bucket of golf balls in the afternoon after work before I go home. You've got to maximize that effort. Otherwise, it's wasted. Um, practice range golf balls cost money. So, again, it's just another level of efficiency. Don't waste your body. Don't waste your effort. Don't waste your money. Figure out how to get more from less, which is always have an objective. Maximize your effort by by training your body to work with your mind and vice versa um and then ultimately you just you want to get away with taking less full swings as possible um to just create some more longevity for yourself mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely i mean i think everybody here wants to play more golf but we also want to play into retirement and through retirement we hear so often you know you get these guys that work all their, all their lives to save up for retirement so they can play a lot of golf and then they they can't play golf because their body doesn't really let them play that much golf, right? So um, I think that that all rings true here for, for everybody in the group. At least it does for me. So um, you, you mentioned, you know, not getting, not hitting so many full swings. So why don't you talk a little bit about the difference, maybe recommendations that you have for long game versus short game? Definitely. Um, the long game versus the short game can be summarized by the numbers that you were using earlier, right? Like how many long game shots are we actually hitting at the end of the day? You're talking about, I don't know, you have 18 tee shots, at least 16 of those are probably going to be a full swing. Most guys subconsciously golfers tend to swing with driver a little bit harder than they do with other clubs, just because there's some need to be longer right um yeah and so that that comes into play a little bit but then you get um you get into the short game and you realize that that is it's not half your shots it's it's almost 60 to 65 percent of your shots depending on what your handicap range is and how quickly you can get up near the green um the short game is where it's at anyways and so when you work on those finesse swings um those finesse swings will translate into your long game as long as you're practicing efficiently with the finesse swings and getting the most out of those those little bit slower motion activities can translate into your longer motion activities because i mean really your your basic stock chipping method is not a whole lot different than your basic putting method like a chip is a bigger putting swing a pitch is a bigger chipping swing. A three-quarter wedge is just a longer pitching swing, and so on and so forth, all the way back to the tee box, right? And this is bare bones level. I mean, I'm not I'm not talking about low single-digit handicaps that have the ability to change their type of golf swing for every shot. But, you know, at the 15 to 20 handicap level, most of your golf swings should be the same. They should just be shorter or longer versions in order to give yourself the highest percentage chance to pull the shot off, right? Um, so again, 
taking everything back to basics, right? Maximize efficiency. Take the higher percentage shot. If you have 265 over water into the green on a par five, I would recommend that maybe that's not the best idea. How can we how can we make that more efficient, right? Do I take a three wood and try to make it, or do I hit seven iron, you know, pitching wedge, and uh, get myself a green in regulation? It's just about thinking through how do I how do I make my 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 entire golf game more efficient. Um, but for the purposes of practice, uh, absolutely, um, I would recommend. Long game practice is great, but definitely shake it up. And short game practice should be a bulk of your practice time. If you have 90 minutes, I would recommend um, probably a 60-30 split with 60 minutes being working on the short game. And then that half hour, you hit a small bucket of golf balls with some of the longer clubs. Um, and then, of course, I mean, I mean, putting putting is the name of the game. It's easy to practice. Um, I do know that, that some golfers have back issues that do prevent them from, from maintaining that particular posture for a long time. Um, so putting can be problematic for some golfers. Um, but again, you, you've got you've to work with what you have and, and just get a little bit creative about finding ways to make those, those times more efficient for you. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So, um, while you were talking, it reminded me the I wanted to ask you about routine since you you had brought that up and uh, what would I guess what makes up of a good routine then? You had talked about you know having that routine with with your visualization, your intent as you're as you're practicing and whatnot. So what what can you practice that routine? What makes a good routine? A routine is something that's going to set your mind at ease. Um, because you've done it so many times before you're very comfortable in that, in that. So you can, if you have a good pre-shot routine that makes you very comfortable, you can hit a terrible shot down, down. Maybe, maybe I hit, I blew my tee shot to the right, let's say, and I'm, I'm over near the trees and I've got kind of a tough shot into the green. Um, but once I start my pre-shot routine, um, that should develop a sense of comfort for you. It should develop a sense of confidence for you because that's the thing that you do the most. Um, and that's why it's really, really important to incorporate your pre-shot routine on the practice tee so that once you get into that motion, it, it becomes an automatic thing. You don't have to have swing thoughts at that point because you've already thought all of those things already, right? You, you start to get into, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of, um, a lot of golfers have a fairly consistent routine across the board where you'll stand behind the ball, you'll check your intermediate target, you'll walk up to the ball, you'll take one or two practice swings, you'll stand over the ball and you'll pull the trigger, right? So that's at at it, at the base level, that's a that's a fairly common routine that we see out of most golfers. Um, but feel free to add or take away from that. Um, because now, now, now you start talking about pace of play. Maybe you know some guys talk about. Well, this guy has a really long pre-shot routine. Like, okay, does it work for him? Is he producing good golf shots from that pre-shot routine? Because if he is, and he takes a few extra seconds in his routine, but he hits it up there near where he wants to go, I don't find that that would be a pace of play issue because he's hitting quality golf shots. He's not wasting a lot of times hitting multiple shots from you know bad places. Um, but don't rush. Okay. Pace of play is an issue, but don't rush. Try to be consistent because 
you know, routine is the bedrock of, I mean, all the greats. Just look at all the greats. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, Arnold Palmer. You can pull up Shell's Wonderful World of Golf back from the 50s and 60s. Like, pre-shot routine and routine amongst everything actually has been a part of the sport for since it began. And it routines build champions. That's that, that's one of my little things that I like to tell people. I tell that to my kids all the time. Routines build champions. If you want to be a champion, you need to have a routine and you need to find a way to stick to it. So you were kind of cutting in out there, but I heard some more stuff about routine and how the greats all use it. Uh, so uh, I usually try to keep these within that 30 minutes range. We're, we're right around that time. So we're going to wrap up here. What um, I will have to get you back on and talk putting. Cause I know you've, you've, I've seen some of your stuff about putting locks and stuff like that. And I'd love to love that to share with those, with some people, but yeah, for sure. um, we'll get to that some another time when we get you on here. How about that sound? Definitely. Uh, so who, who would you recommend that we get on here that can, can shed some more light on us and how we can improve our game? Uh, if, if you have not had a chance to see uh, Blaine Sites, he is a PGA professional who's also here locally in North Carolina. Um, he's a little bit younger than me, but he's, he's, a very, he's, he's really smart and he's really passionate. And he's one of those guys that is so consistent. He goes live sometimes twice a day, but almost every single day he goes live and he just talks about golf stuff. It could be anything. I've seen him clean clubs with a toothbrush. I've seen him talk about brand new putters. I've seen him talk about swing plane. He just, he's very consistent. He's very well educated, well read. Um, and, and he's a fun dude to hang out with too. All right. Yeah. I, I know him. I've not had, um, had him on yet. So that's definitely one I'll have to reach out to him uh, for that. So awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today. Um, before we before we head out, please, how can we kind of support you and what you're you're doing? So I I pretty much live on Facebook right now uh, as far as Black Sail. So if you if you type in the crew of Black Sail Golf, you will pull up my Facebook group, uh, and it's just it's a it's a worldwide group of golfers. Everybody in the group is is just interested in improving their game, feeling better about their game and just, just really maximizing enjoyment because that's the whole point. You've got to enjoy it and you've got to love what you do. Um, but I can help you enjoy it and I can help you play better at the same time, which is, which is why I, I exist and it's why I do what I do, but, uh, just get in there, the crew of black sail golf. And I am currently building the black sail golf Academy, which will be available, uh, very soon for all of, all of my special content. All right. Awesome. That sounds great. So you guys go and support support Dave there, a crew of Black Sail Golf. All right. And again, Dave, thank you so much for coming on, sharing some knowledge about being efficient and routines and <clears throat> helping us to, to improve our practice sessions. Thanks, Jeremy. It was awesome, man. All right. Everybody t- stay safe and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed this content, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get this in front of more people. Thank you. Do you want to take your fitness to the next level? Join our Golf Fitness Tips Facebook group to learn more about how you can improve your fitness and improve your golf game by upping your potential through mobility, strengthening, and wellness tips. Again, 
Our Facebook group is Golf Fitness Tips. We'll see you there. Have a good one.